0: ''Relax, we've got him. We're coming down the corridor now. He'll be there in five. Arla responded calmly. His wrinkle-free western shirt and pressed Wrangler jeans outward reflections of his inner chillaxed attitude. Though he had an intricate tattoo spanning the entire length of his spine, that told me there was a little unexpected rebel beneath the polish. I could always count on him to keep his head despite the chaos that I or anyone else threw at him. I rate record execs, clingy groupies, condescending rehab administrators who didn't appreciate me checking in wearing only boxers and boots. No one kicked my boss from the bayou out of his steady groove. You're thirty minutes late this time. Arla shook his head, the ends of his dark brown hair brushing his collar. You're lucky Blackberry smoke extended their set to cover for you. He gave me another censuring glance that might have had me quaking in my boots a couple of years ago. But not anymore. Not these days. Not the soon-to-be-crowned Bacchus monarch, the prince of the rock and country airways Billy Blade. The no-longer down-and-out, Scraping out a meager living playing nothing but cash songs at BYOB honky-tonks out in the boondocks. These days, I was the comeback sensation everyone was talking about. A headliner, selling out maximum capacity stadium-sized venues. A mega-huge superstar. Fucking fickle fame. It was all due to the success of my latest album, Never Too Dead to Dance. The title sucked wind, in more ways than one, I could assure you. But I was proud of the songs I'd written for it after crawling away from the wreckage of my life post-rehab. I channeled all the bad stuff, all the broken dreams, the heartache, and the anger into my music. The only time I really felt like my old self anymore was when I was up on stage playing those tunes. If I wanted to continue having the privilege of doing so, I would do well to pay attention to the boss. People were counting on me. Loads of them. The crew. And my fans. It was time to stop being such a self-hating, self-absorbed bastard. Arla took off to negotiate the next big deal on my behalf while I jogged up the steps to the stage. Rodney, my guitar tech, Handed me my custom black and silver Gibson hollow body, I threw the strap over my shoulder and clipped it into place, not missing a step as I strode out onto the brightly lit stage. An ear-splitting boom from the Golden Gate Park capacity crowd nearly blowing the hat off my head. I still hadn't gotten used to it, even though it had been like this at nearly every stop for over a year now, as low as I'd been. I'd never take it for granted. I tipped my hat to the audience out on the grassy lawn to show them my respect in the sea of 50,000 outside lands, festival fans cheered even louder. Cell phone cameras flashed from the bikini clad chicks on their boyfriend's shoulders up front, in the tinted VIP booths on the far sidelines where the rich cats paid $3,600 a ticket. It was wall to wall people in every direction a massive swarm of living, breathing humanity. Well, not all of them were living and breathing. There were others out there, too. Ones only I seemed to be able to see. Ones I refused to dwell on. They were nowhere in sight at the moment, but I knew from experience that they wouldn't remain hidden for long. Not if I blew into my harmonica. So I just wouldn't play it. Howdy, San Francisco! I threw my right arm up into the darkening sky, thumb and pinky out. Three middle fingers curled into my palm. We got any southern rockers out there ready to shake it? I queried. While they screamed their affirmative replies, I put my pick between my right index finger and thumb and strummed the first chord of hell. The stage lights pulsed in time to the rhythm. The crowd roared their approval and the Billy Blade band crashed in following my lead, tight as usual. We took it through three straight songs from the set list without pausing. Before someone shouted the inevitable request I dreaded. Midnight serenade.